All right, it's going. Uh, so like uh, I have, I, we've talked a little bit online. Uh, I know you're in the Chicagoland area and you're interested in starting a, a meetup uh, and you're a Paul Vanderclay fan, um, but give me a little bit more background. Uh, how, how, did you, how did you come across Paul? How did you come across the Discord server? And like, what are you looking to do in an in a, in a in-person meetup? Sure, yeah, I'm excited to talk to you because I feel like our stories uh, have a fair amount in common. We're both from the Chicago area. Uh, we both worked at Epic for a period of time. Um, so uh, when I heard your story, I was like giggling because I'm like, oh man, <laughs> a lot of that sounds pretty familiar. Um, so how did I first let's uh, how did I first hear about Paul? I um, I'm one of those people who at their job, you know, I'm a, a data scientist right now, so a lot of my job is cleaning and organizing data, which you know often leaves about half of my brain relatively free. <laughs> um, so I listen to a lot of podcasts or YouTube videos at work. And I remember I was looking for a podcast or a YouTube video just about Kierkegaard one time, just because I was like, yeah, I like Kierkegaard and I'm in the mood. I've got an hour, so I would love something to listen to about that. And one of the videos that came up was Jordan Peterson's video uh, from his, it was either his Maps of Meaning or his personality class about Kierkegaard. And so I listened to that and I remember thinking, man, that's like one of the best professors I've ever heard. Uh, just like I've had a lot of professors, but that one was just super engaging. Let me start from the beginning of his class and listen to the whole thing. And about, you know, so I did that over like the course of a couple of weeks and about halfway through that, some video of his came out criticizing some Canadian bill. And I was like, oh, I don't really care about what this guy's stance is on Canadian provincial politics. I'm just listening to these lectures. And it slowly became apparent to me that he was kind of taking off. So it was kind of funny to find Peterson just slightly before he sort of exploded into um, what he became. And sometime through that, you know, he started putting out the biblical lectures and those caught my attention. And then the YouTube algorithm does its thing. And uh, Paul's video was recommended. I remember thinking, listening to Jordan's uh, biblical series, like, this is super interesting. I grew up Christian. I was like, this is a very different perspective and sort of a very fresh take on Genesis. And he has a lot that he's bringing to it. But at the same time, there seems to be a lot that he's at least missing or leaving out, or at least that what I'm used to hearing when Genesis is being talked about. And really, there needs to be there needs to be some bridge between kind of more of the Christian tradition and, and I'm, where... I'm flattered when anyone uses the term bridge. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Sorry. And, and so, and so when I saw Paul's videos, I was like, okay, this guy seems like the right guy. This guy's, this guy's filling that vacuum that, that seems to be needed between sort of connecting intellectual Christian tradition with what, what Jordan was doing in the biblical series. So that's sort of how I Paul, found Paul. But I was, a, I was a lurker for a long time, and there was part of me that kind of wanted to share my story, and part of me that was like, maybe not, maybe it would be better to just remain private, putting my name out there and connecting it with this was something that I was sort of nervous about for a long time. It's very nerve-wracking, especially like I grew up uh, I'm, so I grew up in the era of it's like don't don't reveal anything on the internet because the internet is forever and that's true. But now right. I think I think we've hit this I think we've hit this curve of 
if you don't post a lot of your stuff on the internet, somebody will pick out some little tiny thing that you did post and they'll make that your entire personality. So actually like now we're getting to the point where I think the best defense against that, that anxiety of, am I going to be misrepresented is to represent myself as much as I possibly can. And it's like, okay, well now I'll have a whole archive of this is actually me. If you want to take that one little thing out of context and attack me, then I don't care to interact with you because you're a bad person because you are misrepresenting me. So sure. That's, that's sure. kind of an aside, but um, yeah. So anyways, you, you, you did that. You found Paul, you, 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 or you found Paul's channel. You ha, have, you been in interacting in the YouTube comments a lot for a while or just kind of. I, I had not interacted. I had not ventured into the YouTube comments section until my video. Okay. I think that maybe like a video two or two before mine, because Paul had started to sort of mention me a little bit before I actually appeared live. And some of the comments in the, the sections of those videos were about me, even though my video hadn't came up. So okay. I was like, I'm going I'm to test the waters. I'm, Do you I'm remember what the topic was or like what the, the topic of the comments were? Well, it was, it was something to do with the Trinity, right? Because okay. my story was very much about the, you know, the Trinity is the mainstream view. And I come from a, a small church that That's has right. the, the minority view uh, that doesn't believe in the Trinity. Okay. Yeah. So, I have, I've listened to your podcast. That's where, that's why you sound so familiar. I, I listened to the, to the audio version, but I didn't see your face. So I didn't recognize you. So, right. Cool. So, so that, that was me. And so it was like what you said, sort of the best defense against getting mis, misrepresented online is to just flood the truth out there as best as you can. Um, it was interesting seeing the the different takes uh, to my video in the comments section. There was a whole wide variety, uh, seemingly, and it was sometimes it was like, wait a minute, how did you get that out of the video, right? Like that's not what I said, or that's not what I meant. It, it's weird to see how how different people understand you and how easy it is to at least feel misunderstood. I think that one of the problem with, with YouTube specifically is that the, this, the community, whatever you want to call it, the comments community is so open and so anonymous that people come in and they, before they even clicked on Paul's video, before they even knew who Paul was, they had, an, they had a question and an answer that they wanted to work out for themselves. And so they yeah. click through all these YouTube videos, they found something that disagreed with them and then they, they attacked that with the answer that they already had. It's like, it's kind of like when you get into an argument in the shower and it's like, oh, if I had only said this in that argument, I would have won that argument perfectly. And right, yeah. I mean, they're doing that, but it doesn't like, you can't just push that in because that's not a real interaction. So, Although overall, I think Paul's YouTube comment section is about the only civil comment section that I've yeah. ever come across. And yeah. lots of people have said that. Yeah. So is it? I'm and I'm glad a lot of the people from that area do seem to be like the good people from that area are self-selecting and showing up on the discord. So that's been a lot of fun. Um, mm -hmm. So I guess uh, to, to keep going though. Um, so you're, you're kind of, you, you contacted Paul, you contacted me. Um, it sounds like you're kind of one of the people taking the lead on setting up a, uh, setting up a meetup in the Chicagoland area. So is there any questions or comments you want to talk about for that? Sure. So when um, when I heard Paul talking about the, the Sacramento area meetup, I was like, oh, man, that sounds wonderful. Um, I think that 
the reasons why I was really attracted to that idea is one, I just love, you know, good in-depth conversation and it can be hard to come by or hard to find. Like I have some friends that I really enjoy talking to, um, but you know, you only have so much opportunity sometimes to hang out with them and uh, to, to get, and every time you see them, you don't necessarily want to, okay, let's just dive into the thick of it. Yeah. Um, so having like a regularly scheduled thing to do that seems really great. I've been in a lot of Bible studies or small groups through churches throughout my life, and I really enjoy those, and those are very important. I'm joining one that's starting this fall, I think, uh, next week. So that that's always been a regular part of my life. But kind of due to my story, if if you've listened to that, is that there's I always feel like I need to be a little bit guarded right? Because I half fit into the community and half don't mm-hmm. uh, is, has always made it tricky for me to feel like I'm bringing my full self yeah, to that, those sorts yeah. of settings. That inherent fear of ostracism is, is it, it's not ideal for the kind of discussions that I think that we're having and that I'm, it sounds like you want to have. Right. So I was excited about a group that would kind of talk intentionally about philosophy or theological matters or the content, Paul's videos or other podcasts, um, but that didn't have sort of the lines and limits to it that church groups often do. Now, church groups have those for a reason, and I'm not disagreeing with that, but but that was something that I sometimes wished wasn't there, or I wish I had an opportunity to be a part of a group that wasn't, that was a little bit more open in terms of its identity. Okay. So, so when I heard about you guys on Sacramento, I'm like, that sounds great. And I searched to see if there was one in Chicago on meetups. And there's been, I think, a couple attempts at Jordan Peterson meetups in the Chicago area or IDW meetups in the Chicago area, but they didn't seem to have their act together or meet very regularly, or I didn't really know who they were, that sort of thing. So I feel like, I feel like one of the questions I have is sort of, it seems like, you know, Bridges of Meaning and Paul Vanderclay is starting to kind of diverge a little bit from just a Jordan Peterson style or Jordan Peterson centered meetup. And I was wondering kind of, we talked about this a little bit online, but I was kind of wondering your thoughts uh, on that sort of thing. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't have a good answer for that anymore. Um, Jordan Peterson was great because he attracted a lot of attention. Um, he attracted kind of the right sort of attention. Um, specifically, I think what was so attractive to him uh, when people come across his, his classes is that he puts everything into such a great narrative format that it's not just informative, it's not just entertaining, but it's the combination of the two that really gets you engaged and keeps you engaged and makes you think. And then you have people that show up in person who want to talk in that manner, and they do. And that's kind of incredible. They don't do it as skillfully as him. Obviously, we, we don't have 12 Jordan Peterson showing up to our meetup, but we have 12 people who are kind of interested in talking about it in that vein. And, and Paul, Paul's, uh, Paul's, video, or Paul's channel, and because Paul has diverted the grand majority of the, uh, of the traffic to the Discord, it's kind of very, very self-selected of people who are kind of playing that game. They're, they're practicing that form of mental martial art or whatever. Um, 
So, so I think, I think promoting a Chicago group, uh, uh, through, through this channel, I think keep it Jordan Peterson for now, but it's, it's, it's kind of cool to say that we created it about Jordan Peterson or like that was the original, that was the, the ripple in the water that kind of has gotten to us, but now it's about us. Um, that's very important to our Sacramento group. We spend probably less than 20% of our time talking about Jordan Peterson topics. Uh, maybe even less, I don't know. Um, but yeah, to, to make it explicitly something else, then the problem is, is then there's no boundaries. Um, yeah. If you just say we're going to have an interfaith, um, archetypical conversations about, you know, religion, sociology, psychology, all these other, you know, all these combined topics, right. who, who's going to show up? Um, and so I think I think keeping the Jordan Peterson even just in the name for the purposes of of hopefully more accurately filtering will be interesting. And if he he picks up and starts making more not explosive content but more popular content, especially if he does another Bible series, because um, that sounds like that would filter in exactly the type of people you want to talk to. Uh, I think right. that's a smart move. Um, that's that's all I got for now. Does that does that make any sense or? <laughs> That does make sense. Yeah. Because one reason why like church groups or Bible study groups work is, you know, there are, there's a clear definition of what's bringing people together. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes you're sort of following along with the sermon from the church. And so there, there's a very clear, Mm -hmm. you know, identity to the group and a a topic and, and that sort of thing. And so, so that's part of what makes it work. And so I'm kind of wanting to turn open the the dial of kind of openness. And, and when I was in high school and stuff like that, I had a lot of atheist or agnostic or other religion friends that I really enjoyed talking to. And I sort of want that again, but there needs to be at least something unifying, right? Yeah. And it, it's sort of that, that balance between chaos and order, you might say. And I, I think... Um... So we, we have a very successful one here in Sacramento. Um, I visited one down in Alameda that uh, the pastor in Alameda is very, very good friends with Paul. Um, and they have the nearly identical culture to us, which was amazing. There's, you know, different people. Everyone's got their own personality. But the way they interacted was so similar and it was, it was awesome to do. Um, the other thing that I could say that helped us at Paul's church specifically, or not helped, Help sounds like it's selfish, but the other thing that like made the, the relationship more healthy with Paul's church is we did do um, service projects for them. Um, yeah. They had they had an 80-year-old redwood that had been dead for a long time and was rotting out, and like it would have cost them a whole lot of money to get it removed. Um, and so we had volunteers show up one day, and we helped we helped the church member cut down the tree because they they lack young men who can do that kind of work in their church community. It's just the the demographics of that particular church. Um, we built some benches for them. We've done some other little things. We've all donated money. So I think we have a very symbiotic relationship with this church. And um, uh, if, if, you find a, if you find a host that is on board with that game plan and they're, they're at least interested enough that they want to join and participate in these conversations, it could be very awesome. Um, we have another uh, Bridges of Meaning member in Tucson who – uh, again, got in touch through Paul's, Paul's network with a local pastor there. Um, the, the local pastor was interested in talking about that and brought somebody from his congregation who was interested in talking about it and joined this member's more esoteric philosophy type meetup. It wasn't Jordan Peterson specific, but they were all 
so so those two people, the pastor and the, the church member, had access to 10 people who were very interested in talking about religious and sociology and kind of community-based topics, um, but were previously unaffiliated. So there's, like, we're, we're not here. I'm, I'm not here to convert anyone. I'm not here to tell anyone they should join a church or should not join a church. I'm completely unaffiliated. I'm, I'm atheistic. I don't have any metaphysics at all. But if people are looking for a community and there's community out there that are looking, looking for members, I'm so happy to like literally and figuratively be that bridge that brings people together. And if, uh, if, a, if a Chicago group has that mindset and finds the right partner for that, that would be awesome as well. Yeah, it seems hopefully like we've got sort of a, um, you know, a, a good enough core group of people who are interested um, to get that going. So I'm hoping that can work. Um, I, I guess a couple other questions I have. It doesn't seem like it's very hard for you guys to figure out what to talk about. It seems like you guys just show up and, and like, you know, one flick of a domino and the whole thing gets going. Yeah, if you put four, if you put four people who are very interested in talking and all like Jordan Peterson in a room together <laughs> and, and no alcohol is kind of the other thing that we do. We're, we're, um, some people do meet at bars. We don't meet at bars. We meet at, we meet at a church, which is, it has a little bit more gravitas to it. Um, yeah. You know, we're here, we're here to seriously talk and then we get into it and we can just keep going and going and going. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Because when I was thinking about it, I was like kind of nervous, like, oh, man, but what if everyone shows up and it kind of falls flat and we can't really find anything to talk about? But it doesn't seem maybe like that's something really to worry about. Yeah, the excellent the excellent start that we found um, that we did very early on and we've kind of continued the tradition is we do go around the group and we do an introduction. Um, and uh, the, the, the kind of the general question is either A, um, how did you hear about Jordan Peterson and what, what about him is interesting to you or B, how did you hear about this group and what about this group is interesting to you? Um, and some, something will emerge from one of those people. Um, not everyone will have something super interesting to say, but somebody will have a, either a problem or a, a specific area of interest or a question that leaders within the group um, kind of have to identify as that that's going around in a circle and saying, ah, that's, that's something interesting that, that more people could talk about. And it's not just like a, a fiery red versus blue. We're going to fight this one out kind of topic. It's an interesting topic to explore. Um, so if you yeah. can find those exploratory topics in that initial introduction phase, you have a two hour meeting easily. You could have a six hour meeting if you wanted to, but most people don't have time for that. <laughs> so, um, so, I guess a couple more practical questions, like what, what amount of the people are sort of from week to week are the core members and then what amount are sort of new people showing up and sort of what's the dynamic of that look like? Uh, early on, we had a lot more new people compared to core members. Now it's, um, we'll have eight to 12 core members show up, then we'll have another five to 10 kind of expanded members. It's like these people have come before, but they come once every fourth or fifth meeting. And then we'll have about 10 to 20% of people be first timers. Um, yeah. and, a, and those are usually split 50, 50 of, uh, people who are bringing their friends who, who are interested or in people who either heard, heard about it through meetup or heard about it through Paul's channel. Um, but it's mostly people hearing about it through the meetup now, not people hearing about it through Paul's channel. It seems like 
everyone in the Sacramento area who watches Paul has already shown up to one of these meetings if they're interested. So, sure, sure, yeah, that was that was going to be my follow up question: is how do people find out about it? So, Meetup, like the the app or the website, Meetup seems to be yeah. the main. Yeah, I think it's it's sixty dollars or sixty or eighty dollars for a one year subscription or something. Um, so I don't know if that's something that like we've got a few members on the Discord. If everyone's willing to chip in ten bucks, that's kind of cool. Um, just just and that kind of builds the community a little bit too. It's buy in essentially. Um, yeah. Otherwise, it's not a it's not an insurmountable amount for most people. So. Mm -hmm. Facebook, um, you can post it on there as well, or post on Facebook an event meetup that links to the meetup group that kind of works well because then um, the ultimate invitation is still the meetup group. It, it makes it seem more official and you see the full numbers. Um, Cause when we post things that are completely separate events, one on Facebook, one on meetup, it looks like there's only four people going, but there's actually, there's actually eight people going cause it's two different groups. And then that looks like a more solidified event. Um, sure. Sure. That makes sense. Um, do you envision any amount of like uh, cohesion between the different locations? Like what'll tie, you know, Sacramento to Alameda to Chicago to any other possible locations? What will sort of like the, the, the overstructure uh, look like? So everything's going to be uh, like, we're, we're using the term affiliated. So like, okay, you guys can have a, a bridges of meaning, you know, Chicago server, the group is yours entirely. The, the, the discord server, if you want help admining it is kind of ours, but not really. If you know, if the group ever decided they wanted it, we just give it to you and take our name off of it essentially. And I'll, I'd remove myself as an admin. Um, but the, we're, we're just trying to keep it organic. We're trying to keep it very, very loosely. Um, cause it's just, it's more natural. And, uh, so hopefully we can have, uh, I mean, obviously this is a conversation that we're only having because of the discord. Uh, hopefully there's members within different groups who kind of emerge that want to interact with each other and kind of be almost ambassadors between groups. Um, yeah. As we, we haven't really had a lot. Of, I think we had one, one Sacramento meetup since we started the discord server, but as we keep doing that, if we have a really good conversation that emerges within our group, I will post it like as a challenge on, on our thing. And I will only allow members from other in-person meetup groups to hop on and discuss kind of, it's a little bit of, you know, cause we have these people who are not going to any meetups at all. Some of that's cause of location. They don't have anyone around them, which is unfortunate, but I do want to foster these in, in-person meetups. So I do kind of want to give them a little bit of extra privilege and access. Um, and I, and I think that will be entertaining for everyone as well as help us grow. Um, but but right now we, we don't know, we don't know what this is. We only did it three weeks ago and now we have almost 400 people in the discord. So it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah that's crazy. Um, so I guess sort of moving up a level from sort of just sort of practical kind of questions. Um, what, what sort of role is this kind of playing in the lives of, of you and other people in the group? Like uh, what do you think is making it have such a big, big impact on people? Um, I guess we'll start with we'll start with the church people because um, the church people already had something similar to this. They had they had uh, you know they have their Bible studies, they have their group meetings, they have men's groups within churches because like it's not an exclusively men's group, but it ends up being mostly a men's group. We're probably about eighty percent men. Um, 
sometimes as low as it's been as low as 50. We have had 50, 50 and it's been as high as a hundred percent. Sometimes we've had no women show up. Um, sure. um, but essentially, uh, men's groups have been men's groups and masculine conversations have been more neglected in the public space, especially within organizations. Um, so it's been, it's been that kind of group, uh, very logo centric, very, um, uh, even, even when stuff that is more emotional based or more, um, like feelings based stuff comes up, uh, we analyze it in a logo centric manner or so, so it's hard to describe, but we're, you know, we're being logical about, we're trying to logically analyze things and ask logical questions, even if that's leading us to deeper emotional and deeper empathetic breakthroughs, um, which is different. And so people, people have come in, the church people have come in and say, these are the kinds of meetings I've been wanting to have at church my entire life. So these are people that are 40, 50 years old and have never had before. Um, yeah. Then we have atheists that come in and they said, these are the kinds of conversations I've wanted to have with my friends my entire life. And I've never had them before. Yeah. That's a start. Um, when you do that, when you do something that's that inherently meaningful, um, you end up having friends. I'm, I'm Tyler's my very good friend. Now um, a few people, Paul's my very good friend. Like I have a bunch of very good friends now from the group that I didn't have before. I have, I have other very good friends, but uh, it, it's not something, it's not a zero sum game. You can have lots of friends. And so, uh, uh, you know, when, when some big stuff happens in people's lives, um, you know, you've got somebody else to call, you've got somebody else to hang out with, to share a beer with, to get, uh, to, we had a going away party for one of our members, kind of just like a, a couple of us just went out and got, he had been, he had been in a local college for a grad program for three and a half, four years on his last night in town. He decided he wanted to have burgers and drinks with us, not with the friends that he made at college. Um, yeah. Is that huge? Is that the be all end all? No, but it's pretty important. Sure. That sounds cool. Um, like in Bible studies that I'm a part of, normally there's like the, the logos time where we're either discussing a passage or the sermon from last week. And then normally halfway through a little after halfway through it like switches, normally the genders will segregate and the guys will get together and they'll share and the girls will get together and they'll share prayer requests. And then everyone goes around in a circle and gets prayer prayed for. So there's like that combination of kind of intellectual discussion, but also personal um, sort of uh, sharing and just having people who are kind of tracking your story and stuff like that. And so I was wondering, like, if there was some sort of more secular and open equivalent to sort of like the personal sharing and having people who know what's going on in your life and caring about you. Uh, it's different. It's different because what you're describing, the, the completely secular version of that is, is groups that uh, among new agey circles um, are end up being a lot more like group therapy groups, which is not bad. Right. Um, right. But people have, people have trouble being that vulnerable. Um, people are uncomfortable about somebody who you have no personal relationship coming in and just spilling their guts on the first meeting. Like yeah. it's not, um, it, it might be healthy. Uh, it might be good in a therapeutic setting. It might be good in, in an area where somebody's dealing with addiction or something like that, but um, it's not what we're doing. We're doing something. Right. Um, there are, people, these groups are a little more semi-permeable. 
uh, with it being posted on the internet and stuff like I, that. I'm, so, I'm saying those ther therapy groups are 100% permeable. Oh, oh so yeah, um, so, so semi-permeable is I guess the difference, is like a church group, ideally, especially in smaller or mid-sized churches, it's like these are the people you've known for your entire life, and the 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 prayer requests, I, I've never been, I've never done, I'm not judging, but I, I imagine there's a performative aspect to it as well. Um, yeah. where people are presenting not only their, their genuine requests and their genuine needs, but they're also presenting the version of themselves that they want other people to know. And sure. we're not doing something different. We're also presenting the version that we want these people to know, but we're centered around a different, uh, a, a different ideal. Like our, our ideal is closer to the logo centric stuff. Um, and then the, the kind of beauty of what we avoid is because we avoid politics and we avoid activism, we don't get the people who are trying to fight and make this big, big old change in the world. Like we're, we're very much closer to that clean your room aspect, like figure out your own stuff before you change the world. So we're, we're interacting at that, at that level. It's, I do, it's so hard to explain. It's so hard to explain, but I love the questions. I love trying. So. <laughs> yeah. 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 That sounds cool. Um, and I guess sort of the other topic on my mind, this is more just kind of an open discussion, less about meetups or, well, it's, it's, it's tangentially connected is why do you think so many people our age are having trouble finding, meeting and keeping friends? Cause you kind of talked about that. It seems like you are uniquely good at it or have been uniquely successful in your Sacramento area. And, and lucky. It's been, it's been a combo cause I've moved away. I've tried to do it again and I come back because um, I, I met some of the right people who were very, very active um, and very, very attentive to, to, we call it the family, which sounds, sounds like a mafioso type term, but like it's, it's our friends and family. It's like these people matter to me now. Um, I'm not just leaving them behind. They're going to matter to me even if I do move away for some reason. Um, uh, so why is that? Like, that's the meaning crisis. That's the, you know, that's the nebulous term that we've been talking a lot about. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with college. I think, um, uh, I think college is generally good. I think education is generally good. Um, obviously career aspirations and stuff like that are generally good. Um, but what it's done is it's turned a huge, huge number of the most capable young people into essentially like, uh, I think Ottomans had these, terms it was like janissaries it's like they take the strongest most capable young boys young men young women now too uh and they remove them from the area where they grew up and they put them somewhere else and you 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 end up rootless you end up disconnected from your not completely you end up somewhat disconnected from that original original your place of origin and uh then you're out in the world and then once you're out in the world there's all the hazards that are there and there's no you're on the adventure but there's no city for you to return to there's nowhere to you know you go out you slay the dragon you get the gold you bring it back to where you bring it back to what community and so then if you realize you have no community why are you going out and slaying the dragon why you know why are you doing all of these things like you're you're it it's a spiral effect of you have less people that you have less people that you can't afford to lose then you have less things to try to not lose them. And then, then you end up with less people. Then you end up with less to, and then you end up, there's, there's not much left at the bottom of that spiral besides 
hedonism. And I don't mean that in like the just pure sexual hedonism. It's like, okay, there's alcohol. Okay, there's food. Okay, there's entertainment. There's Netflix. There's video games. There's all these distractions that will reinforce that decision that was your aspiration and was your parents' aspiration when you were growing up. You're going to go to college. You're going to get a good job. You're going to go away. You're going to do something, you know, that's, that's your adventure, but that's an unfulfilling adventure. Uh, and that's where, that's where people our age that where, when you hit about 30, I think, I think it really starts to eat at people. Um, especially people without children, because once you have children, it's in, your life is inherently meaningful and there's no way around it. But sure. You don't. Sure. It almost seems like perhaps that the internet and social media has made it a little bit worse too. I think that there it's easy for Facebook and other things to give you the illusion that you're still hanging on to friendships that are really pretty thin or pretty weak. Yeah. And, and that it's, it sort of prevents, or at least it's enough of a uh, balm to kind of prevent people from going out and really just intentionally looking for people. Yeah. And if, enough people aren't looking then it's hard to find and, and that sort of thing yeah your, like, your mind your mind feels just engaged enough that you're not lonely but your body because you're not physically around people is it ends up being lonely and I don't mean that in a sexual way but it's just like you physically not being around people is physically damaging to your body right Whereas people in past generations, like it's not like we're the first generation who went to college and then maybe got a job in some big city further away from where we grew up. But I think in those times, like, like my mom did that. My mom grew up in a small, you know, farming village in rural mm -hmm. Illinois and went to college and got a job in the big city of Chicago. But because like no one had the internet, like you went out to bars, you, you, mm -hmm. you joined a volleyball team, you, you know, you, you did something to to find other people because there was no alternative you but couldn't, but, you but here's that little here's that little narrow thing of what i was talking about so your mom back in those days about 30 percent of people went to college maybe a little bit less so your mom was among the most talented 30 percent of young people that left her village that left her tribe then she didn't go back then right. the next generation it wasn't just the 30 percent that that got taken out of that community it was 50 percent so now 50% of people have left and gone away and just gone wherever. That vill yeah. I, I don't know what town your mom came from, but I can assure you that it's not as culturally rich and vibrant and the community is struggling, if not dead already. Like, yeah. yeah. And so that, yeah. that's, that's the tragedy of modernity, I think. But. Yeah, so there aren't homes when you go to a new place because there's so much mass dislocation like my mom kind of eventually got settled into a new community when, when she, when she went somewhere else, but now there aren't even like geographically located communities to, to find and nuzzle yourself into anymore. Well, and those communities, communities require continuation communities and communities require talented, successful, you know, high ability people to maintain, um, like there's just there it's 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 too it's it sounds discriminatory to say it but but there's there's no other way to say it people who are all of low ability cannot organize themselves properly um they there needs to be some kind of functional hierarchy for things to go on and if you keep taking the top off of that pyramid and removing it and putting it somewhere else and having them try and fumble around and make new pyramids and there's no 
generational continuation of people at the top of the pyramid that continuously revivify that community, the community gets sick and it dies. Um, yeah. and so even, even like suburban Chicago, I think is a, is a fine example too. It's like, you can have these little micro communities that pop up this, I, I grew up on a cul-de-sac. We had a very rich little community at my particular point in time because uh, a whole bunch of new young parents moved in um, that had, had real jobs and they were you know, capable people and they all had kids at the same time and that all happened. All the kids are gone now. Uh, very few of them are, are in the local area. Um, it's, that block is now just a bunch of people who live in the same area and can kind of watch each other's houses. And that's not bad. It's just not as good as it used to be. And so how do sure. we, how do we continue that, that actual real community that I think that I, that I grew up with for a little bit that I, that I had glimpses of, um, but now can't find in a major city, can't, can't recreate by my own in a small town because there's not enough other talented people to bounce off of, to build a community. So we have to do it. We have to exist in this new paradigm that exists and figure out how to use it effectively. And I'm, I'm hoping that's what I'm doing, but I don't know. <laughs> That's funny. My story is a little bit interesting. So I like just over a year and a half ago, I moved back to the exact same suburb that I grew up in. Okay. And I grew up in a, a pretty small suburb that because of like highways and forest preserves is uniquely self-contained okay. as, as a suburb in the Chicago area. Cause were, you, were you Northwest suburbs as well? Pure, just North. Okay. Pure North. Okay. I think I know what you're talking about. That's fine. We won't, we won't spill. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and so because of that, so I, so I moved back and like this Bible study that I'm joining next week is hosted by someone that I've known since kindergarten. That's right? cool. And, and a decent number of people have moved back, but the reason why it can sustain itself like that is you can commute downtown and have a big person job, yeah. right? But it's, it's like a small town that hasn't had its opportunities stripped from it mm -hmm. and in a, in a unique kind of way. And it sounds like you also have the church community that kind of is still holding people together, even if it's not as healthy as it once was. Um, but yeah, as the, the non-religious affiliated among us don't have that. So what do we do? Yeah. So it's sort of like a weird happy medium, and I'm hoping it works out for me and my family. And so far it is. And and meeting, you know, having some deep connections. Like my dad grew up there. My grandpa even lived there. So they're like some family names. That I'm like, oh, like, yeah, I've known, our families have known each other since forever. So it, it's, yeah. it's, a unique, it's a unique way of getting both the, the best of both worlds. Cool. But even then, there's not a lot of millennials around yet. It's mostly baby boomers and older who are starting to retire. Yeah. Not a lot of millennials have looked forward to moving towards the suburbs and you know having a yard and having your family yet so i, I think i'm uh, i'm hoping that they'll come but right <laughs> now there's a smaller number of us than i would like there to be yeah the population bell curve is changing too it's the the, the general age is just graying that's what's happening uh, yeah, yeah so that's a, yeah. sorry go ahead i said especially in illinois oh yeah it's uh yeah, except for except for Wrigleyville specifically, everywhere else is getting gray. <laughs> or the West Loop, yeah. yeah. I think the West Loop was rated as the highest percentage millennials of any zip code in the country or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah. All right. 
Well, that was uh, that was cool. Um, is there anything else you wanted to talk about before we hop on? I think we've been going for about 45 minutes, so I think that's probably a good time to, to pause. Um, that sounds good to me, unless you have anything else you want to say before we're done. No, that, um, that was good. Um, so Chicago meetup, I'm glad you're, you're kind of taking, taking lead on this. Um, we have a few other people on discord that, that are actively engaged in this. Uh, we're looking for a location if anyone knows one. Um, and if anyone's listening to this and you're in the Chicagoland area, um, let's, let's get a meetup going there. And I am from Chicago. Um, I'm going to be back in early October. So there's a chance that I can, can show up in person. I would love to join you guys and love to to help you guys get started. So that would be really cool. That All might right. be around the time that we have our first meeting or something. So you can give us a kickoff boost, maybe. Fingers crossed it works out perfectly. But, uh, you know, thanks so much for, for, for taking some time to talk with me, Sam. That was uh, really fun. I hope we'll, we can do this again in the future for sure. So. All right. Sounds good. Nice talking to you, Joe. Yeah, you as well.